Welcome to Security Rules. Today's topic is automating security to meet the pace of DevOps, featuring Colby Dice, Director of Cloud Marketing at Tufin Technologies. This episode is brought to you by Tufin Iris. Cloud-native platforms have helped increase business agility and accelerate innovation, and in a cloud-first world, the need to secure applications for tech-sensitive information is as important as ever. To learn more about how Tufin Iris helps cloud operation IT security teams regain visibility and control security policies, visit tufin.io. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Security Rules. I'm joined by Colby. Welcome back. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. I know it's always a, a tricky thing to make it uh, from your desk to mine. It's not really that far of a travel. I think the barrier is about two inches tops. We're here to talk about security and DevOps, uh, especially since you're here. A nasty DevOps developer <laughs> turned uh, security evangelist. <laughs> Colby, I want to talk about uh, uh, not so much me. I, I'm very curious um, how you are now seeing security operations uh, and maybe application security, all the security teams really, um, with the emergence and prevalence of DevOps in a lot of our organizations here. Mm. How are you seeing security um, not necessarily fight with DevOps anymore, but really start to acclimate to their model? Mm. Um, And I think that's a model of automation. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not something that's formed to security, uh, but it's also something that's integrated. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You're thinking about like how security has had some automation, but the level of automation, the the scale of the automation, has to change. Yeah. Well, you know, I think historically security has a bunch of tools that they can use, right? Yeah. And they're automated tools. Sure, they're. And they're 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 very proficient at kind of their unique purposes. But at the end of the day, uh, I think a lot of security teams uh, struggle because these security tools all still have to be administered by them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get configured. They get a ton of alerts, uh, so much so they actually can't read through all of them. They Uh, they even begin to ignore them. It's it's too much. What the heck do you prioritize? Uh, Yeah, and it's just it's a lot of information to comb through. Uh Uh, And, you know, I'm sure we could start talking about SIMS right now uh, Mm -hmm. because clearly they would have a role to play there. Mm -hmm. Um, But... We're talking about pushing through security, making use of information. And I think uh, when we're talking about in the context of DevOps, um, one of the things that we should be talking about is adopting to some of the models that they have. Mm. You know, they're kind of master integrators, right? Uh, yeah, in, in, indeed. Uh, also, just masters at automation. Everything's driven by automation when we're, when we're talking about uh, DevOps, DevOps practices. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and, and so you've got security teams that are familiar with automation, think about automation with the tools that they're familiar with, uh, but that's not really the same scale or scope of automation that you see when it comes to DevOps. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything in DevOps is really automated. You, you go manual as like a last resort, um, and, and, and even then you're struggling to find a way to make sure that it's going to be automated. So when it comes to security, getting security to participate in that and and take what they do with automation to this new level uh then I, that requires a, a handful of changes it it hand, it requires a a mental shift mm-hmm. i think there's got to be a certain amount of trust that uh that automation is going to work for you uh you think about some of the automated workflows that uh, we've seen organizations put in place to manage security in their traditional data center uh and and still somewhere in there they boop, they pop in a, a little manual uh task uh, and it, as soon as you put the manual task in, now you've blown DevOps all up. All the agility that you're getting from it, some, we're getting from it, is now mm-hmm. now robbed. Um, so 
why did we have that manual piece in there? We needed to observe. We needed to know from the security side. Right? We need to uh, evaluate uh, whether or not there's there's risk. Um, I'm willing to bet, and I know from having talked to customers that that our listeners will even know that there uh, there's a bunch of things that are just repetitive. They see this stuff all the time. They they probably don't even think about it. They are able to evaluate and click the button to say yes, and, and off it goes. Uh-huh. Anytime that happens, that right there should be it should be automated. Um, so security teams, as they get closer to working with the DevOps teams, need to be thinking about everything that I've manually. How can I um, how can I automate that? And how can I automate that in a way that I can feel good about that? Like I can mm-hmm. trust that we're going to allow certain changes to happen. So the concept of guardrails. And so ideally you're doing automated checks of guardrails as part of your DevOps practice. Um, but that, that, that takes a, a change um, in, in, in how you look at automation and to the extent that you want to use automation. Uh, and I think this one, this one came up quite a bit. Uh, security teams will also have to change some of their tools, right? Think about the tool that they developed or used uh, for traditional environments were built for those timescales, uh, built for the workflows that, that organizations uh, were familiar with back with traditional IT. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about things that need to change in a minute. Uh, when it comes to containers, they, they can change in like milliseconds. Um, you know, how do you help a security team who's already overburdened with the requests that they have to uh, deal with how do you get them uh, to be able to make the changes uh, as as part of the automated flow? Well, they're going to need new tools uh, mm-hmm. to do that. Um, tools that were entirely driven by an API and can be easily integrated into anyone's uh, automated uh, flow. That that's really important stuff. So so change a little bit about you, your practice, your your standard practice. Uh, change the tools. Uh, all of that, of course, requires a, a change in the mindset. So you have to believe that DevOps and, and automation are a good thing, or at least come into it with an, with an open mind that it is, and then look for ways to um, use what you can, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, a- anything, that, anything that's manual, uh, look to replace that as quickly as possible. And, um, and as I mentioned earlier, like real quick, uh, Anything with an API, right? Ideally, mm-hmm. whatever tools you're using should have an API, and so that that can be automated and integrated into the entire uh, DevOps process. And now, security as a practice is, is now shifted left, right? We we're do security practices part of the the normal DevOps pipeline. And uh, I, I think another thing I often hear you um, speaking so fondly about Colby uh, is very much so in the theme of automation and embracing the DevOps uh, process. Um, but also really their technology, uh, the concept of immutable infrastructure. Uh, I've oh, heard your yeah, reference before. Yeah. And uh, the more I learn about it, uh, the more secure it seems, right? And so for those folks that are listening right now that may not necessarily be familiar, uh, what are the kind of, I guess, security perks of that? Uh, of immutable infrastructure? Well, mm. well let's just... Um briefly and perhaps poorly uh, describe immutable uh, infrastructure. Um, so we'll do a little compare contrast. So uh, today, if you're working with um, uh, bare metal, you're working with VMs, you know, you're probably very used to uh, spinning up those resources and logging in and then you know, installing a bunch of software, patches, doing some configuration, configuring the environment. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you need to have changes, uh, you know, you go back in and you do some um updates to that, perhaps manually, or perhaps you're going to use Puppet, Chef, Ansible. You're doing you know, some uh, configuration mm-hmm. automation. Um, 
But when we talk about immutable infrastructure, what we're saying is, well, I'm going to build that image of the thing that I'm going to want to run, right? Here's mm -hmm. the software package and all the pieces that it needs in order to operate, and I'm going to deploy that. And uh, if that thing behaves properly, if it breaks in some way, if it gets breached in some way, I'm going to kill that instance. That thing, it's gone. I don't log back in to try and patch it. I don't log back in to make a little tweak or to lock somebody out. No, I, I just kill the instance. Every change that you're going to make to the uh, to that environment, you're going to make at, at a code level or configuration level. Mm -hmm. And all those things are, are probably stored in your Git repo. So you hear things like GitOps. So... Um, so with immutable, all the configuration, you're, you're basically declaring, this is what I want deployed. This is how I want to, to behave when it's being deployed. Uh, and then of course, if things go bad, you kill that and you bring up a new instance. If you need to change the environment, then you change it back at the code level and that'll cause that whole automated flow to happen and poof, out goes the new stuff. So you're not making any changes to the live environment. You make changes at the source and it goes all the way out. So you poof. want to poof <laughs> right so um so we have this whole immutable infrastructure when we talk about containers that ideally you're you're doing this they're all immutable um you know you're deploying your containers into something like a kubernetes environment and kubernetes has the declaration here's how i want things to run and it handles the auto scaling handles the placement right you mm -hmm. don't have to think about these things the system's going to tackle that for you um you you want to get to a similar place with security um right we've got application code we've got infrastructure as code and you know you get to another step now and we got policy as code so here we've got an opportunity for security to declare these are the guidelines these are the guardrails these are the parameters by which uh, an application or resource should be used or accessed and you declare that in it might not be a yaml file but you know it'll be in, in some some file uh, ideally stored uh, with the application or code and resources. So if you uh, identify that there's a there's a resource um, that is acting weird, might be breached, you could absolutely nuke that that instance and spin up a brand new one. If you um, if you see that a resource is, is breached and you've assessed you know what why that happened where that happened, great, make a change back at the the configuration level, which will trigger all that automation and poof out goes the the brand new version you know more secure you know hardened in whatever way so that you don't have to suffer that same sort of attack that you had before um, and some organizations find like that's a little bit scary because oh i should be able to log in and, and shut those things down uh, yeah but you don't know what happened what changed or anything like, when you're making the change at the code level or the configuration level mm -hmm. you've got that record you know what's changed and you can always go back to the state before. So if you needed to do some sort of um, additional digging in or, or testing, you could say, oh, spin up that, that old state in a, probably in a protected environment and, and have a look at it, assess that a little bit more. Or you've captured the credentials uh, to the Bitcoin wallet of the crypto mining and you restate it across the enterprise and become a millionaire overnight. That reminds me, I sent you uh, 25 Litecoin and I have not received my 100 Litecoin in return. Uh, I have some uh, Dan Rowe coin. Um, no, it's a couple pennies. No, you talked about uh, acclimating to the culture, uh, acclimating to the DevOps culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and scaling to meet them through automation. So, well, you want to talk about APIs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we have to talk about APIs. Yeah, in the context of um, you know how security is extending, you know, maybe even their existing tool set off to DevOps. Uh -huh. 
uh, or maybe even new tools that they're purposely buying to secure it. You I know mean, what I find really interesting right now is is I'm really interested in, in how many organizations that we work with uh, where the security teams, InfoSec, uh, Network Security, all, all of them, uh, how they are really interested in what's happening with containers and, and not entirely from a, a sense of, oh, we're going to want to shut that stuff down. But no, like real earnest, want to understand how that works, uh, want to understand how we're going to be able to, to support that. So that, that's a really good uh, positive sign. Um, what uh, what security is going to have to do, I think, in, in order to help support that, though, is really, really, really rely upon um, APIs. I don't think security has to become like pro developers or anything like that. Oh. Um, but you certainly have to be looking for, for tools that, um, that have APIs that can be baked in. You know, security can help identify the set of tools that will give them visibility into whatever it is they need to know. Uh, about the behavior system or the, the security posture of a system. Um, and because of the API, their colleagues in Dev or DevOps can begin to integrate those tools into the pipeline. Um, so here we go again, talk about how the two teams can collaborate, but that's, that's pretty important stuff. Yeah. Well, and it seems like APIs are kind of the mechanism to get security on that uh, level of automation that DevOps craves. Well, you've seen <laughs> Dev have been using APIs forever. It's just part of what we do in development. Uh, and then IT over the past um, handful of years, a decade actually, has really gone to using uh, APIs. So we've got infrastructure as code. It doesn't have to be public cloud. You can do infrastructure as code internally. Uh, and now we're getting closer to security as code. I don't know that it was really coined that, but mm -hmm. yeah, this is security is the, is the next group inside of an enterprise that's going to make that transition, I'm, I'm sure. Then we'll get to DevSecOps. Mm. What do you think they'll append to DevOps next? Well, DevSecOps. I guess it'll have to be finance. Oh, no, legal. Legal. Legal legal dev yeah. SecOps? Yeah, legal DevSecOps. Dev DevSecOps cease and desist. <laughs> that would actually be really uh, useful. Uh, cease and desist. Think, yeah, for a large organization. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I've had to deal with cease and desist before, just in the context of you know, work I've done before. Uh, legal notices on like the first day, like, well, it looks like you get to deal with this one, Dan. But uh, yeah, I mean, you could totally deluge uh, companies with those things. That would be an interesting uh, tactic in uh, the, the the less than ethical business world. Uh, and Colby, you just came up with it, so congrats. Hey, uh, thank you, that. Uh, Colby. Thank you once again for stopping by Security Rules. Always great to have you by uh, and learn a little bit more about what you're seeing and hearing on the front lines of uh, DevOps and uh, how to secure it. Thanks, Thanks, Dan. You're a fantastic host. Thank you, Colby. Have a good one. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Security Rules. This episode is brought to you by Tooth and Iris. Cloud-native platforms have helped increase business agility and accelerate innovation. And in a cloud-first world, the need to secure applications to protect sensitive information is as important as ever. To learn more about how Tufan Iris helps cloud operation IT security teams regain visibility and control security policies, visit tufan.io.